0: welcome to episode three of the been there lost Fat podcast real education and advice from people who get it we have been there lost fat, and successfully helped many others in doing so i'm sarah fucinari an integrative health practitioner certified nutrition coach and head coach of team fit with me here with my assistant coaches and certified nutritionists jess beloy and taylor nobles hey guys welcome to the show hello <laughs> We are here to help you read through all of the bad information and gimmicks to reach your health and fitness and physique goals in a sustainable way. Today's topic is the commandments. The commandments are a newer, within the past year, um, kind of strategy that we've used because I think sometimes we get so caught up in the specifics um of and get caught in the weeds of things what's that saying you can't see the not able to see the forest through the trees am I right or do I just No, make that's that right up? No,
1: that's all right
0: <laughs> all right so that's all I'm gonna roll with that um and so I think that sometimes we need to kind of zoom out and look at like what's really important what's really having the biggest impact here and so we're gonna dive into um our 10 nutrition commandments and Um, obviously no, no plan is one size fits all. And and we can't tell you exactly what plan is perfect for you because we don't know you or your goals or your chemistry or your history or any of those things. But no matter what approach you choose, these 10 things are non-negotiables. If your intent is to create a sustainable lifestyle. So we will dive in to 10 basic foundational habits here and I'll let Jess take commandment number one since I've been talking for a couple minutes straight.
1: All right. So commandment number one, um, some kind of plan with food, whether it be meal prep or some sort of variation, having go-to food on hand, um, that could can, that, can, that can look like a lot of different things that can be that you know a recipe works for you and within your goals and so you make sure that you have those things on your weekly grocery list so that you can implement those recipes um You don't have to be the person that sets up their, you know, their full kitchen island with meal prep containers and has the same thing for five days in a row with your chicken, your broccoli, and your rice. It can be a little bit more exciting than that. And it can be a little bit more on demand than that without as much work. Um... Some of our favorite strategies, strategies for that is having, you know, prepped proteins on hand that you can then use to, you know, make a bunch of different meals. So, like, if I cook um, some chicken just as my, like, blanket, I'm going to have chicken as my protein this week because it's on sale at the, the grocery store. If I have cooked chicken, I can use that to make just a plain like chicken and rice and broccoli meal. Or I can season it up and I can make a taco bowl or a burrito bowl kind of situation. Um, we could do tacos, we could do stir fry, we could do chicken salad. There's a lot of different directions. So meal prep doesn't have to be so complicated. It can be it can be very simplistic. Um
0: Water. Yeah, it's so funny. Like my, my dad used to say something to me that used to piss me off um, whenever, whenever I was struggling with setting up a plan, no matter what the plan was. He used to always say, why are you acting so surprised that you have to eat? Like You know that you're going to have to eat every day, multiple times a day. So why are you acting like it's this big surprise? And now you're like, well, shit, what am I going to do? Um, well, what you're going to do is you make sure that you have things on hand or have some sort of plan. And I think everybody's plan Um, Looks a little different and I also think that it takes a little trial and error and it's also going to change based off of your goals based off of what's going on in your life right now maybe you're traveling maybe you're on vacation there's lots of flex within this but having some sort of foresight of what's going to happen some sort of plan is going to help you and things aren't always going to go according to plan and that's okay that's where you learn to strategize a little bit but having no plan at all and finding yourself in a drive-thru multiple times a day just isn't gonna. It just isn't gonna hit the mark. And I think that we can go from the most extreme people who plan, who cook and assemble and weigh out their meals and put them in Tupperware for you know several days in advance. I think that's probably the most you know extreme form of meal prep. That's not something I have done that before. It's not something that I do anymore. But then there's also like, well, I know that I need to have a couple lean proteins, some vegetables, some fruits in my in my fridge. I know I keep a couple of these things in the freezer, um, that kind of thing. So Jess is a big repurposer of ingredients, which gives her lots of variety. Which is awesome.
1: Leftover makeover. Taylor, what is your? <laughs> <It's about laughs> leftover
0: makeover. Oh, I like that. You're gonna, Now we're gonna have to have a video segment for you to do that. <laughs> but
1: Taylor, Taylor, when it comes down to it, Taylor, what do we always need?
2: What's in, I what's don't in, know. What do we always have, have in that? the pantry? In case of emergency, what's in everybody's pantry? Oh, a, a can of tuna. Everybody has a can of tuna in their pantry. Every single buddy.
0: Taylor once um, had a client ask, say to her that there was absolutely no options in her house. And Taylor was like, well, like, shut. take a picture of your fridge. Take a picture of your freezer. And she was like, <laughs> I bet you got a can of tuna in your pantry. And she was like, oh, you know what? I, I do have a, a can of tuna. So we were like, Yep general um everybody's got a can of tuna somewhere and i will say
2: i'll say the other day i was i'm i'm at my parents house right now so the other day i was searching for food and i was like craving some protein and i was like there was nothing in the house besides like turkey meat and i was over turkey meat so i was like something has to be here and lo and behold in the corner of my eye i see a can of tuna and i'm like that'll do give me some tuna give me some broccoli (laughs) some rice I'll be fine, but like I was craving some like protein at that time, so it was. I kind picture of like, like there's kind like tuna.
0: Of tuna with like the halo over it, like. Oh, <laughs>
2: like it was. I, I was telling. I'm telling you, I was hangry. I was like, something's got to feed me right now. And I was that tuna? <laughs> well,
0: I think Taylor, this is the perfect segue to talk about what you do because a lot of people think, "Oh, well, meal prep means that I have to cook, and I don't like to cook, or I don't have time to cook." And so Taylor, I'm probably in between Jess and Taylor. So you heard Jess is, I'm gonna have these things, I'm gonna make them, I'm gonna repurpose them and make all of these new creations. Whereas Taylor, I think is more on the other side of the spectrum Well, sure, she'll say to Jess, you're asking me to chop an onion, I'm out. So Taylor, what is your meal prep strategy?
2: So I won't say that I never cook. I feel like for dinner, is when my husband kind of wants something crazy or something new every night. So I feel like I'm constantly cooking at dinner, That I want the rest of my meals to be very simple, easy to go to. I don't have to chop a bunch of things and I can just throw them together. Um, My strategy is a lot like a client's meal plan that this is kind of what works for me. And it's what we do for our clients. I set up my entire week in my, in my macro app. And I get a plan together, get a grocery list together. Usually what I do is I have two to three breakfast Mm -hmm. items and two to three lunch items for myself that are a staple throughout the whole week. Um, Usually it's, I'm one of those people that after two or three times of eating something, I need to switch it up. So what I'll do is have like oats or toast and eggs or um, with like some ham in there or on the weekends my husband's home so like we make breakfast as a family so like i always have three things to set me up uh, two three lunches that'll get me through the week and then a staple item for my third meal which is usually a shake or a salad that i have throughout the entire week Um, and then i leave the fourth meal open for dinner um, to be whatever we kind of decide for the week as a family um, and this kind of helps me to stay on track. I plan my entire week out so I know exactly what I'm eating. I give myself three menus, and I make sure I, I'm also not very great at actually prepping food in advance. I'm also I don't I don't want to say weird, but I if something is sat in my fridge for too long, I'm over it. So I'm I will plan one to two meals at a time, eat it, and then make another one. So I'm not I won't plan the entire food preparation in one week i'll give myself a little leeway to like make a decision if i decide to change my mind that day and eat something
0: different that's on the plan that's why that the like a full assembly of meals just never was my thing because by day three i'd be like i don't want to eat this at all this looks this is not for me (laughs) yeah but i think the repurposing is is really useful i think also so that you don't run out of ingredients or so that you don't have too many ingredients you don't end up throwing a lot of things away Um, we could probably talk
2: about,
0: we could probably talk about commandment one for 25 minutes. Mm -hmm. So we should probably move on to commandment two, unless there's something major that we missed ladies. I I don't think so. Okay. Uh, commandment number two is eating on a consistent schedule. And there's a lot of flex within this because everybody's schedule is going to be different. And again, everybody's goals and chemistry are going to be different, but establishing consistency whether you're eating three meals or whether you're eating six meals um, is really key here. And I think that we always neglect the fact how much our bodies like routines and go figure our brains like it too. And we get a better response that way as well. So whether you're eating, you most people I find are most successful between four and five meals to keep them satiated, to not be snacking in between meals, um and and to make sure that they're powered up for their workouts as well but i think it'll be useful for us to share how many meals we eat because i think we all eat a little bit different taylor how many meals a day are you on
2: i eat four meals a day
0: i
1: swap jess Uh, so during my work week I can usually do a consistent five meals. I stay on a good schedule with work and that routine. But then when it's the weekend or a time where I'm off, like between the holidays, four meals typically works better because we're just a little bit more busy and I'm less scheduled. So I usually drop one and do four.
0: Funny, funny enough, I thought all of our answers were going to be different, but my answer is pretty much the same as Jess's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there is no magical time to stop eating. I think that that is a, a myth as well, um, especially with the intermittent fasting thing going around rampantly. Um, you don't, Taylor, once, what was the advice that they were giving you about carbs? Stop eating after what
2: time? Stop eating after two. No carbs after two. Okay. The, so I, the- I used to have a trainer. I used to have a trainer, and these were the three things she said no carbs after two, no red meat, and you had to do cardio. And so I did cardio seven days a week every day and ate like that. That's
0: pretty bullshit advice. That just makes me want to be like,
2: uh, un- that's just, just-
0: that makes me just feel like I don't want to be healthy if that's what I have to do.
2: Yeah. Fuck this shit, I
0: don't want to do that. <laughs> um, so there's no magical time of the day to stop eating. The only caveat to that is if it's gonna affect your sleep or your digestion. But for most people, they'll come to me and they'll say, well, I was told that I have to stop eating by six o'clock. And my response to them is, well, I usually have my last meal after dinner um, before probably like within an hour of me going to bed and I've gotten pretty lean in doing so. And I've helped a lot of people get pretty lean in doing so as well, because if I find when we put those like hard and fast rules, we end up snacking anyway. We end up eating something that we shouldn't. So at least plan the meal in. Taylor, you want to take it away for number three? Oh, she doesn't have the list in front of her. Jess, you got the list? I do.
1: Uh, eat real food. <laughs> With all the products on the market, it's easy to get lured into all these like Franken foods and food projects, food, food products, um, and convenient packaged items. Um, the problem with those is they're just not going to be as satisfying. Sure, they're easy, um, but how many times have you, you know, popped in a, a protein bar and then just been disappointed with your waste of
0: calories? Um, it happens to me. Me. Every time. Every time. There was a time where I was <laughs> in traffic not long ago and I have my break glass in case of emergency protein bar, which is the only time that I eat protein bars. And I was chewing on this fucking disgusting protein bar, literally telling Justin Taylor, I can't believe that I'm wasting my life on this right now. I could be eating <laughs> so delicious and I'm sitting here, sitting here in traffic. I probably had to pee too. So I was like angry and I was hungry and I had to pee and I just needed to get out of the traffic. And now I'm eating a fucking protein bar. Um, I think that but I also think that we need to be cognizant of the fact that like convenient foods do exist yes. for a reason and there is a time and a place for everything and that we all I think from time to time use supplements for different reasons but they are by definition meant to supplement the foundation and I find that especially in the diet community in the weight loss surgery community everybody's going for these like they call them macro-friendly things, like these high-protein chips and these, what other kind of shit do they have?
1: High-protein <laughs> chips, uh, protein Rice Krispies, protein bars, protein desserts, um, protein muffins. cereal, protein I've seen cereal. that, too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you name it, they've probably got something for it. Um, but, I mean, really, those things, they shouldn't they shouldn't be used on a, on a daily or even like a weekly basis. That should be really like a, a sometimes food. And, and in, in my opinion, I just, I, I don't really enjoy them anymore. I, I, I got caught up in all of that, you know, um, weight loss, brainwash, influencer Instagram nonsense, <laughs> you know, thinking that I needed these things in order to be successful because the people showing you those things, you know, they, they, they looked good with their with their pre made protein shake or their protein bar that they were peddling. So I was like, "Oh well, maybe that's the secret answer." It's not.
0: But what you didn't know is that they were only pooping like twice a week. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm sure and you're I got very got friendly with, with our what? pooping.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, we talk about poop a lot here. Everybody just of your off here. Um, But I think that that is another thing, is that we always are like, oh, well, like this influencer eats this. Well, by the way, that influencer probably promotes it and makes money off of it. She might not actually even eat it, by the way. Secondly, we think, okay, well, this is made by this diet company or this company that has a bunch of athletes, so it must be good for me. Um, And unfortunately, the supplement industry is really unregulated. And if you go, I'm trying to think of the documentary I think it was either, it was one of the Chris and Mark Bell documentaries, it could have been Leaf of Faith, where they actually decided that they were gonna like start their own supplement company just to show how unregulated it was. And they had, they like picked up a bunch of guys at Home Depot and they were like filling up capsules in their bathtub and they slapped a label on it and they were able to sell it. So before you go and buy something from from a supplement company based off of an influencer or an ad or because it has this hot chocolate flavor or whatever, um, be wary because most of them, unfortunately, most of them um are doing you no favors.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They usually
0: Well what, and then we can talk about what supplements we do have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what supplements do you use as far do you use any Franken foods anymore? Do you have any on hand, Taylor?
2: Um no, I don't really have any on hand. I will say that I use New Ethics. I use New Ethics protein powder and then I use the greens, but those are the only supplements that I Use Otherwise, it's all whole foods and whole meals. The problem with supplementing with a protein bar is it's usually never a full meal. So you always have to supplement more to get a full balanced meal. And then you're always hungry like an hour later. I mean, I've never had a protein bar and been like just satisfied for a couple hours.
0: And you weren't like, ooh, that really satiated my chocolate bar yeah craving. That was that really
2: good. Drink. Yeah, that was delicious. <laughs> and they're usually hard to chew. You're like sitting there for ten minutes trying to just choke it down. Like it's just not a good time. What kind of
1: stuff do you use your new ethics? Well, and for? I'll tell you that from um, I said what kind again? of stuff do you use your new ethics products for?
2: Um, my main thing, I, like I said, I have a shake usually once a day. If it's not substituted with a salad, I like, a, I have a sweet tooth at the end of the day. So my new Ethics protein powder and my new Ethics greens, which is the, um, espresso greens. They're delicious. Sarah put me onto them. I put them uh-huh. into a protein bowl. So a little, little oat milk, little protein powder, little, um, greens powder. And it makes this like delicious pudding, chocolate pudding. So I usually have that or I have it in my shake as well.
0: Um, I ate a version of that meal for probably three years straight, like literally that exact meal with like different toppings and fruits and whatever it was. Um, and we keep bringing up new ethics and new ethics is great. They, I mean, that we there is nothing wrong with any of their supplements that I know of. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, I've been using it for years and years and years. Um, I personally know the owners as well, but um, it's not to say that they're the only supplement company to use, but when it comes to protein, I think that, um, there's so much bad out there, and we can we can unequivocally say it says sucralose on the label. You should just keep moving. And if I expand on that and tell you how sucralose is made, it's by taking sucrose sugar, removing one molecule, and then adding chlorine. So you can imagine that chlorine is probably not something you want to be putting in your body. It's going to be harmful to your gut microbiome, which as a result is going to have an impact. On your gut health which has an impact on your brain and your relationship with food and when i used to be super into all of the fake food products and i was i've eaten them all um i could tell you that my relationship with food has changed radically since i've been eating whole foods my tastes have changed as well my cravings have changed um it's definitely helped me in healing my binge eating it makes a difference to eat real food did we hit that all anything else Th- on that, that topic, he did it. To it's gonna be a long fucking podcast, guys. <laughs> it's gonna be a long podcast. All right, number four.
2: Taylor you got so, the list now. I do, and I had it up before, but I was like, oh, I don't need this. And then you asked me, and I'm like, <laughs> Wait, I'm stressed. Um, number four: balanced meals—a protein, carb, fats, and lots and lots of color.
0: So I think that we get so hung up on quantity, and quantity is important. Like, don't don't get me wrong. Quantity is something that we talk about a lot, but I think that it's. I think there's two parties. There are people that only focus on quality, and there are people that only fo- focus on quantity. Where I would argue, even going back into our last statement about supplements, um, that they're both equally important in the grand scheme of things, as far as feeling satiated, as far as uh, bioavailability of nutrients, as far as you know. Using food as the ultimate medicine that it is, and I think that that I think that this was actually a pretty big game changer for Jess and I when we started working together. Correct me if I'm wrong, or just tell me I'm right and tell a good story. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
1: I think something that you'll probably hear us say over and over and over again is balance. I mean, if you're ever going to an extreme in any any direction, it's probably not. a a lifelong habit that you're going to be able to keep up with. So finding a balance and not getting rid of entire food groups is important. Figuring out, you know, where carbs fit into your life, since that's the hot topic of the day. used to be fat back in the day. Now it's carbs that are on the chopping block. But carbs have a very vital part in, in, in a health journey. So finding ways to do, you know, your protein, your carbs, your fats, lots of color meaning bringing in some fruits and veg so you're getting those good micronutrients and vitamins they're going to make you feel satisfied you're going to feel better um you know the only the only caveat
0: here and fiber, fiber. yes let's not forget about fiber yes. and fiber from fruit. fiber supplements have their place and some of us use fiber supplements for different reasons but it's not a substitute for eating real fiber
1: and i think that that's true with any kind of supplementation if you're able to get um, naturally occurring vitamins from things your body's going to absorb them better than if you're just you know taking a pill you're like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna eat oranges because they're too high in sugar i'm just gonna take a vitamin c supplement just just eat the orange i mean the, like and that was mm-hmm. the only caveat here is if something makes you sick then yes i was about to say i've got
0: i've got i've got i've got mixed feels on that coffee. Okay. <laughs> uh, it, would, it, would turn, it, would, it would have me going for ten minutes, oh, though, and talking about lab work and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we'll mark that down for another episode. There's a time and a place for everything, yes. but that's the point: is that there's a time and a place for everything, and we'll talk about that a lot. that uh, We, all uh, we, I think a lot of us find ourselves in this like you know black and white in or out mindset, and that's what fucks you. Live most of your life is gonna be in a gray area, and that's where you end up being. Not fucked, for lack of a better term. (laughs) All right. Do we have anything else on balanced meal?
1: No. Um...
0: Oh, I should bring up that when we're talking about balanced meals and whole foods that sometimes I think people get a little overwhelmed um, because there are like sometimes it does help to have like some more convenient things. But we also live in a world where we have a lot of whole foods that are already convenient and prepared and all of those things. And I always, I always try to abide by the rule of like 90% whole foods, 10% wiggle. So like, for example, when Justin Taylor created a meal plan, it's pretty rare that it doesn't include like some chocolate chips or something, you know, something sweet or salty or whatever your notion is there. The only caveat to that is even if it is your 10% wiggle, if, if it makes you sick, then you're not serious about being healthy. Honestly, like I'll be on a consult call and somebody will be like, I get deathly ill from this thing, but I just keep eating because I love the way it tastes. And I'm like, you know what? You should just keep the money in your bank because paying me is not going to help you right now. You're not ready. And I think that that's something really important uh, to note as well. Moving into number five, I'll take it away with my, and this is, loops into, they all kind of build on each other. Look at that. It's like I did it on purpose. Um, <laughs> micronutrients matter too. So as we were talking about the people that only focus on quantity versus the people that only focus on quality, both are equally important and serve a lot of purposes. And I think that especially when you're learning to count macros and you're learning to count your calories or track your protein, you lose sight of the quality there. And so having some color makes a difference across the board. And I think that we kind of covered that. But you guys have anything else to expand on that?
2: No, not really. I mean, you don't have to overcomplicate it. Moving it right along, then.
0: Oh, well, we can talk about like our staple color things that we have. Like, what's what do you have? That is there anything that you like standard always have in the fruit veg department? Um, you know, in your pantry fridge. But you both can guess what my staple vegetable is. What is it? Zucchini.
2: Yeah, I don't even green.
0: Oh Oh. shit! I haven't even tried to make a guess because that's the one I want (laughs) to
2: meet. I I just went blank. Um, mine is broccoli, and it's always frozen usually. I'm, again, not a cooker. So easy, simple, can just grab it, and it's just usually always stocked so that I could just add a veg to my meal.
0: Yeah. I'll one-up your laziness. I almost always have just a bag of lettuce where I'm just like fucking lettuce, canned chicken, season that big bitch up. Maybe I'll have like some sliced apple, and the apples are big because I have a horse and he loves some apples. Um, I always have that kind of stuff um i really i i love me some fruit i like fruit is one of my favorite things so there's always like berries and apples and bananas a food that i used to be terrified of because oh my god they're so high carb um but i almost always have bananas now just aside from zucchini what's currently in your uh,
1: i have a combination of fresh and frozen um because frozen is just as good as fresh as far as like nutrients and quality and whatnot so i have a big bag of frozen berries um frozen veg i've got um peas and carrots and corn and onions and things that I can easily add to meals. Um, and then in the mm-hmm. fridge, we've got zucchinis, onions, tomatoes, lettuce, all sorts of stuff. My kids love vegetables. Um, I, Logan can eat a uh, a pound of green beans in one sitting. If I um, put a little spray olive oil, toss them in some salt and pepper, pop them in the air fryer, he thinks they're French fries. Yeah.
0: So There's there's a little recipe for it. Nice tomfoolery, mom. Well played. Get a mother (laughs) Um, I think (laughs) think you did bring up an really good point though about um about frozen vegetables is that they are as good nutrient-wise, if not maybe even better, because they're always picked and packaged or preserved or whatever you wanna say, frozen, whatever whatever mode of you know, preservation they go through, um, after it's peak time. So you might be at a grocery store when something isn't in peak season and you may actually get more nutrients from something that's frozen. I think that's a misconception too, right?
2: Yeah, that is for sure.
0: All right, on to number six, something that I think we all have different styles on getting done, hydration. We all know that water is super duper important. Do you wanna bust the myth though of people being like, I'm drinking water, so I'm gonna lose weight. Drinking water serves a lot of purposes, but if that's why you're drinking water, then I'm really sorry. And you're eating the exact same shit. I'm really sorry. You're going to be disappointed. Um, and we can dive into, I have a whole history of water water series that we can go into. But again, I'm going to keep the tangents. I'm going to attempt to keep the tangents at a minimum today. <laughs> we all have different hydration strategies. Um, Taylor, what's your, what's your strategy to get in that like hundred ounce? Do you, how much do you, I I know you're over a hundred. Do you still, are you still at a gallon?
2: It's, I think it is a gallon. I think I usually, so I do my best hydration when it's just in one spot and I don't have to refill anything. So like at the end of the day, I usually have a gallon, um, jug and i'll fill it up at the end of the day so that it's ready in the morning i drink about 32 i get one of those jugs that has like the ounces on the side so you know how much you're drinking um i do 32 ounces you. in the morning do you, do you have end? one of
0: the jugs that like cheers you on that's like it's two o'clock way yeah. to go
2: <laughs> yeah you got it you did it you made it like yeah so i do 32 ounces first thing in the morning when i wake up and i get that chuck out of it um, usually, I go to the gym right around nine o'clock. So, I drink a little bit throughout my gym session. And then, at, right before lunch, I drink another chunk. Usually, I try to get it down to whatever time we're at so that I know if it says, like, okay, I'm at noon, but I need to be down to two or whatever, I get down to two. So, that gives me another chunk. And then, I drink another, which is usually the final portion at the end of the day and have three sessions of water. And then, if I'm thirsty throughout the Entire day, I obviously drink more, but I try to get my chunks in so that at the end of the day, I've drank all of my water.
0: Beautiful. Jess, what's your water strategy? Um, so I do
1: the best when I have a straw, and as you know, if there's any bariatric patients listening, please don't lose your panties. You can have straws. Um, I do best with a straw, and I do best if it's got ice. And if I fill up my my 40 ounce Stanley here. Um, three of those in a day. And I usually just sit there and and sip while I'm working and I just carry it around with me all over the house. And, uh, we have one of those little like zero water things, dispenser things, kind of like a Brita or whatever. Um, and I just, I just keep that bitch filled.
0: Well, it's, it's almost like I taught you guys how to do this because my method is so similar. (laughs) Um, I think that finding a container that works for you is crazy crucial you have to like whatever your mode of transportation for the water is and for years actually up until like a couple months ago when colleen who i would guess is probably going to listen to this told me about the stanley cups which now that's what all three of us use because we're obsessed with them um I, the 32 months evian was like bay like auto delivery from uh, Amazon, I would like fill it up for a couple of days and I would, you know, think, Oh, there's bacteria in here. Let me go get another one. Evian bottle, something about it is magical. We still actually keep a couple on hand for special occasions. They do love the Evian. It's not even the Evian water, although the first Evian is always the best because it has the really Evian water in it. But there's something about the container. So container, I think, is key. Um sipping, and I'm I'm more of like a sipper. Like if you see me anywhere, I have a water. Um, literally, like any and anytime I'm like recording a check-in video for a client, I'll especially if I'm drinking my coffee. I'll I'll like hold up my water bottle and be like, I always have one of these, and then I hold up my coffee cup before I have one of these. Um, So I'm always uh, sipping throughout the day. But honestly, like I find that once you're consistent with hydration, it doesn't become as big of a deal because you know. Uh, You you start like having, you start getting thirsty. Like you realize that you really need it. But anywhere I go, I have a water bottle of some, either an Evian or a Stan with me at all times. (laughs)
2: This
0: leads in really well to Salty Stan. I think the next, (laughs) yeah, the perfect segue into Salty Stan. So the next thing is, is that if you're drinking water with the intention of hydrating, um, that if you're not having some sort of salt electrolytes that you're not actually hydrating, it's just going to pass through you. And I think that salt has been so demonized when it's really just a lack of education uh, or poor education being put out there that, oh my God, sodium is going to make me retain water. Um, Well, first of all, there's a difference in quality of sodium. Um, But if your intention is to be hydrated, you have to, it has to come along with electrolyte balance. um, And this leads into like your nervous system health and your digestion and your sleep. And salt has essential nutrients in it that were minerals, I should say. Um, that, we, that we must have. So there's no reason to be scared of salt. but You don't want to have, you know, sodium from a McDonald's cheeseburger. And there's different purposes for different types of salts. Um, but, and you also don't want to have like big swings back and forth. Again, with everything, looping back to the whole point of this podcast and the commandments, it's all about that consistency piece. And we've recently tried a product, an electrolyte, electrolyte product, and I'll plug it a little here. The LMNT uh, electrolytes. And it tastes like drinking drinking flavored ocean water. It's so salty, but it's so addictive. And I got them. Did I get them in stock when you guys were in town? Did, Is that yes. when we first tried them?
2: Yeah, Yep.
0: Yeah. Okay, so we all tried them at once in our in our matching Fit With Me Stanley Cups before we went to this uh, fitness event. And what was the first thing you said, Jess? Taste. Oh, this tastes like a, like
1: a non alcoholic margarita.
0: <laughs> it
2: did. It sure did.
0: And we kept drinking them. So, if you ever, you know, you're ever craving a marg, but you don't want the alcohol, <laughs> healthy stand is the way. And I have actually, um, so they don't do discount codes, but they do like an add on sample pack with a link that I have. So, I think Jesse could put it in the, the um, podcast notes if anybody wants to try. Um, but I love it. And if you ever want it, like everybody always asks me about what's the best pre workout. Well, I'm not really into pre workout for a whole plethora of reasons. Um, but uh, if you want a pre-workout drink or if you want like a good pump, this is a good, a really good option to have an electrolyte drink. What's your favorite flavor? Oh, the one that tastes most like a Marg, the citrus. I'm scared to try the spicy one though. Mm. Taylor, have you oh, yeah, tried any other flavors?
2: I only tried the one that you gave me, which was the margarita one, the citrus. And it was good, I really liked it.
0: The watermelon, I think of Should I favorite. drop a I mean, obviously here. I love
2: margaritas.
0: <laughs> should I send them a note to their customer service? We think that you should rename this one to tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, that'd be good marketing. <laughs> yeah, sodium. All about sodium. High quality sodium. Lots of reasons why that we can dive into at a later date as well. Chess, um, I'll let you go into number eight. All
1: right, number eight. Uh, be mindful of fats. Mm-hmm. Um Sauces, oils, dressings—that cheeseburger that she was talking about before—that'll get you. Um, I, I'm, I'm somebody who is greatly affected by fats. Um, I, I, I gallbladder kind of, you know, massive weight loss and and whatnot. It, it, my gallbladder's is a little testy, so if I have too high in fats, I'm feeling miserable, and I know if if I'm if I'm off. So for me, it's it's very important i would never choose a high fat diet even though they're super popular right now i would never do like a keto or whatnot because that would that would be absolute murder um
0: well i think it's so funny that in the i think it's so funny in the weight loss surgery community that so many people default to keto because they're scared of carbs when their gallbladder is always at, already at risk from massive weight loss and it's like and part of having gallbladder issues is poor fat digestion and i would make a really solid guess that there's probably a link in that instance there there might be
1: there might be um
0: <laughs> but almost everybody that comes to me like across the board when i'm so whenever anybody starts with us we have them log like a couple days of food just so we can get an idea of their intake of their quantity combinations what they like all of those things so that's part of our intake process is just tell us you know if you're hiring us as your nutrition coaches you should tell me what you eat <laughs> let's learn about that mm-hmm. and unanimously across the board I want to say 99.9% of new starts, not enough protein, way too much fat. And when it comes to carbs, Mm -hmm. it either swings one way or the other. I'm terrified of them or I fucking love them and I'm not scared of them. That's highly individual, obviously, but across the board, not enough protein, way too much fat. And like, do you guys, can you guys recall like maybe like the highest fat we've seen logged?
1: 240?
0: Wasn't it like, yeah, yeah, it was, it was. too. So-
1: yeah,
0: it was too something. And she and this person was saying, "Oh, but she's so hungry." Well, if you think about it, like, so if you have um, ten grams of fat from olive oil, that's going to be about a teaspoon of olive oil, um, and that's going to be ninety calories. Whereas if you have ninety calories from protein, which is less than half the calories per gram, then you're going to feel a lot more full than a teaspoon of olive oil. So just coming from a volume standpoint, and not to say that fats don't have their role in satiation, looping back to our balance conversation and balanced meals. That is part of what fats do. But part of being satiated, I think, is uh, also includes having enough volume so that you feel full, right? I did the
1: math on that real quick. Mm-hmm. And 240 grams of fats is 2,160 calories. And so this is probably one of those people too that was also saying, well, I'm not really eating that much. I don't really understand why I'm I'm gaining weight because I'm really not eating that much because when you're eating low volume, but high calorie, you're not going to feel like you're overeating until you start looking Mm -hmm. at it in Mm -hmm. in a tracking app or something and and, and having some, you know, realization as to what's actually going into your body.
0: Yeah. Uh, And it's just so funny. Like when people, Sometimes I'll, or more often than not, I'll start them with eating like pretty much the same calorically that they already eat. And I'll say, okay, well, I'm gonna give you appropriate macronutrients, protein, carbs, fats for you. Um, and then we're gonna have balanced meals. And they'll get like two days in and they'll be like, "This is so much food, I, I, you have to be wrong. There's no way that I should be eating this much food. And then they check in and they see their first check-in and how much different they look and how much better they feel on their digestion and their energy and their sleep and all of those things. And they're like, oh. There might be something to this. I'm like, yeah, I know, I know it's crazy, but kind of know what I'm talking. I
2: know about. a thing or two. Yeah, I know a thing or two.
0: <laughs> I'm guilty of being this person. This is not my first rodeo. Of course, we all are. But those fats are so sneaky too. And even like talking about a cheeseburger, we all love a cheeseburger. We all love fatty things. Fats are fucking delicious. But there are so many hacks that you can do to reduce the fat content, reduce calories dramatically. And still enjoy that thing. Like cheeseburgers are a pretty like normal staple in my house. But I'm not having 70% beef, which is – that's about what you would get from like a restaurant, right? 70%. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, And then stacking it with a bunch of cheese and like avocado and mayonnaise and all this stuff. I'm getting 96 beef. I'm making sure that I'm mindful of my portion sizes of other fatty add-ons. And I can guilt-free – um, enjoy a cheeseburger whenever the fuck I want, so then I can save my indulgent times for something way better than a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> just say it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Number nine. Number nine. <laughs> it's okay to eat less nutritious things when you do. Be mindful about your portion. I shifts.
0: eat cheeseburger. Um, it's wild. It's wild just how good go right people- in. My God. Well, so especially around the holidays, I've had so many people that are like beating themselves up for indulgences and all of those things. And I think that we always need to be mindful of like there are appropriate times for everything Um, and that there is a big difference between I had a piece of pie when I was enjoying Christmas dinner with my family. I didn't eat myself sick on it. It was so, so good. Versus I woke up in the middle of the night and I snuck into my pantry and I found literally anything that I qualify, I classify as bad for me and I stuffed it in my mouth and I ate myself sick and then I didn't want to tell anybody. I didn't want to even admit it to myself. I didn't want to admit it to my family, my nutrition coach, if you have one. Um, big difference between those two things. And I think that a lot of times we have, again, that always, never, that in, out, that black, white. There's a lot of gray area in here. There's a time and place for it all. And when you're gonna have something less nutritious, be mindful of the portion. I find for me, I remember briefly after I had uh, weight loss surgery and I was like really determined, um, I desperately wanted to have a cookie and I fucking tortured myself for like days thinking about like one cookie. And eventually I was like, Sarah, you're being ridiculous. So I went and I ate a cookie. And first of all, it wasn't nearly as good as I had imagined it to be. But secondly, the impact of a couple hundred calories from a cookie versus the negative impact from me torturing myself for a week over a cookie I think the the answer is pretty obvious here. Right, right.
2: And I'm surprised you didn't eat the whole package after a week of torturing yourself, because that would have been a normal Well, that's actually another you know. good
0: point too. Is that if you are setting these hard boundaries, that you're setting yourself up for the swing back and forth. And again, that's mm-hmm. what you. Right, right.
1: If you're going yep. to the Franken foods, thinking that you're going to satisfy that craving, you might not. And something else that I was talking about with, um, with a client during onboarding or something uh, was, you know, if you are, you know, you're craving a Coke and you have the Coke, you'll probably just drink the Coke. But if you have the Diet Coke, you're going really be like, oh, it's only zero calories, so I'll have four of them, you know. So you may also yeah. swing too hard in the opposite direction because it's a healthier option um, instead of just, you know, satisfying the craving and moving on.
0: Right. Right. Um, Totally. Yeah. So I think it's always important to be cognizant of like there are appropriate times and places for everything, which again is our perfect segue to number 10. (laughs) Jess or out here, I'll just go for it. (laughs) Talking about booze. Um, So um, all three of us here like to have cocktail from time to time. So we're never going to say, you know, you should never, ever drink. We're never going to say you should never, ever, or always do anything is the truth. Um, you know, I always say, although these two can't say it, I always say I, I don't have children for a reason. Um, I'm not here to parent people. I'm here to educate you and to support you and to hold you accountable. That's what our jobs are as coaches. Um, but we're also not going to lie to you and say that alcohol is doing anything for your health, fitness, or personal growth um, <laughs> in any in any way, shape, or form. Um, I would I would argue that. Um, alcohol is probably one of my most challenging of these commandments to find, um, that balance because your girl likes to go out and have a good time. And I like a little social lube and all of that stuff. So, I mean, I'm not going to lie about that. Um, but I have, it's taken me some time to really find the the sweet spot there. Taylor booze.
2: Booze. I will say that I'm one of those all or nothing people. So if I go out, it's never one drink and that's. That can be challenging sometimes. So um, I try to keep it to a minimum. Like, I I mean, I have a kid, so I don't go out all the time. And um, when I do, it's usually two or three drinks and I'm just mindful about it. Like, I don't get crazy with it. And I know that if I check in that next week and maybe maybe I'm not where I wanted to be or further than I am, I'm just not as hard on myself because I know that I indulged and I had a good time and I'm not going to beat myself up for it.
0: But did you know that if you stopped telling yourself that you were an all-or-nothing person, that you would probably be progressing at a much faster rate?
2: Hey, we I going to have more than one drink? drink.
0: <laughs> um, but that's also a different way to have it, you know. Like yeah, I, I like to get chip sometimes, but I'm probably not going to have a bunch of beer. I'm going to be efficient about my drinking. Right. I'm not going to have something sugary. So there is there's checks and balances on like in in that way as well. And I think we all kind of find our sweet spot, but. Um, you know, but just looping back to a previous conversation, if you tell yourself you're all or nothing, you're going to be that way forever. And looping into this conversation, life should really be in that gray area. So I'm just going to nail you for that. Jess drinks <laughs> probably the least out of the three of us. So Jess, how are you feeling about booze? Uh, I
1: feel great about booze, but I, I, I'm not, I, as you said, I'm not somebody that really drinks a lot, but I do counsel and coach a lot of people on, on adding in alcohol and, um, I think that the the conversation is never a no. It's never a hard stop no. It's usually a yes, but. And and that's not just alcohol. Any kind of indulgence. It's always a yes, but. And then I counsel through with, with clients on, you know, here's how we can implement this in. You know, track in the calories from your alcohol first. Spread out the rest of your, your calories for the rest of the day. You know, find ways to, you know be efficient as sarah says you know have have a a vodka soda with a splash of of juice you know don't have a white russian with some heavy cream um you know because it's going to be a much much different caloric experience it's not going to be as efficient you're gonna you know Eat, eat yourself, drink yourself out of all of your calories. And I don't know, I like to eat. So I'd, yeah. I'd much rather chew my, my macros. But
0: um, well, it's funny, like I know a lot of coaches and like my coach, Jason, and one of my mentors, Jeff Sue, they are very much like, there is no time and place that this is appropriate. This is like not, not a thing. But I think that like, I think having that like vibe with your clients, at least for the clients that we work with, um, is really closing the door on communication because if we say you can never do this, um, it's like it's like setting up your teenager mm-hmm. to like lie to your face because they don't want you to like sneak into the woods, and that's not why we're here, so, right? So instead, we want to say, okay, well, like this, this is what you should know about this. You should know that this is how it may, you know, it may slow down your progress a little bit. But here's the deal: is that even if it's going to slow down your progress a little bit, if it's going to make you more consistent to your plan. Then you're going to reach your goal whereas if you say oh my god i want to make the most progress and be fully dialed in and optimized well you're more likely to fall off your plan so back into that black white gray areas where we really need to live and we just need to always be cognizant and aware um of the consequences of our actions no matter i hate i hate the word consequences because i feel like it always seems negative but it's the only word i can think of i think it's more um, of just, but you know the cause and effect the action and reaction
1: it's more of just education and you know people don't really understand sometimes when they're coming in you know like why why do we need i had somebody ask me why do we need to track this as carbs or fats why why do we do that like mm-hmm. alcohol doesn't have carbs and fats in it a lot of the time so why why are we tracking it that way
0: Oh, well, now you want to dive into that? Sure. <laughs> we'll <see> the <that> macros <laughs> for another episode. In short, it's because alcohol still has calories, and the way that we track um, our is our calories is through macronutrients. So we distribute those calories into carbon fat buckets. And we'll, and I'm sure that we will have many, many podcasts many, about many, how to count many. macros. And many, and
2: many, 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 many. Um, no, alcohol does not
0: fall into one of the three macronutrients buckets but it does have calories so that's how we account for the calories is that a good yeah. summary way of putting it yep okay all right well we made it through the 10 commandments <laughs> the 10 foundational things that are non-negotiable no matter what your approach is going to be and I think that as we are entering into a new year I'm super excited about crushing some goals which I'm a big fan of anytime, time whether it's January or June or May or whatever if you decide that this is your time go for it But we also need to be cognizant of the fact that there are going to be times that we are super dialed in and really, really nailing all the variables. No macro left behind, no rep left behind at the gym, not a minute of cardio um, left on the table. But the truth of the matter is that even though we'd like to tell ourselves that that's the way it's always going to be, that's not the reality. And I had this conversation with a client around the holidays that she did prioritize other things over the holidays. And I said to her, don't you think it would be fucked up if you said, hey, Sarah, I missed out on this experience with my family because I wanted to make sure I got every single minute of cardio. So, again, time and place for everything. But I think we need to use these times that were really dialed in to establish the basic habits and behaviors that these 10 commandments map out so that when we do have to put it, you know, maybe as a lower priority, because other things sometimes are important and that's okay, um, that we still lean on those basic variables and that's where you find the sweet spot with lifestyle. That's why you, where you stop being that person that keeps pouring fuel on the diet merry-go-round of death fire. Um, habits, behaviors, routines are what is going to create longevity when you are perfectly on your game and even when you're not. And if you anything else I missed there, ladies, if
1: you guys want to start implementing some of these Ten Commandments, I'm going to be including a link in the description for a free little printout um, to help you put together your uh, your staple meals. So it's a little PDF and it's got a spot for your breakfasts, your lunches and your dinners, Um, because what I find that's very helpful for people is to have like Taylor does, two to three breakfasts, two to three lunches, about five to seven different dinners that you rotate through. And then there's a little spot for notes if you want to add in some more like snack style, sweet meals, whatever. Um, And it works really well if you, you know, use those until you get sick of something and then knock it off and then replace it with something else. But that'll be included in the, the description link if you want to check
0: that out. Yeah, that's actually a good point that we didn't touch on, but it just uh, removing decision fatigue and and having that default Mm -hmm. list. These are the things I know I like. I'm going to eat it till I get sick of it or I run out of ingredients and I rotate in a new thing. And over time, you end up with like your own personal library of meals, which I think all three of us have some crossover, but that we've built out our own kind of customized uh, cookbooks, so to speak. Yep. All right. Is that a wrap? That's a wrap. Okay. Thank you for listening to the been there lost fat podcast. Our motto here is do it right. So you only have to do it once. If you're looking for personalized and customized programming to reach and sustain your health and fitness goals, check us out at teamfitwithme.com. Complete the info on the contact page. You'll receive free resources and also an opportunity to set up a complimentary consult with me.